0: Okay, you're all ready to meditate? <laughs> mm-hmm. that <was> very nice. <laughs> thank you. Um before I begin, I uh, wanted to say thank you very much to those of you or all of you in whatever way that you were able to donate to the natural pathic clinic (laughs) that is going to Haiti right now with Tukin Jimba and uh, with Yulia and someone else. I don't know. i uh, I never met him. Uh, uh, And of course, to thank you thank you again for uh, supporting and helping them in their retreat and you know that uh, when someone decides to go to retreat they don't go into some little uh, I not know secret dimension where they don't need the things that you need everyday they still need still them and if not for you they are not they're not able to get access to them so thank you for that um, brings to mind uh, a question. Uh, So whatever, for whatever reason you find yourself on the path, or what is called, you are on the path. And after sometimes, you may lose touch with whatever that reason may have been, and the path sort of loses its uh, freshness it loses its uh, um, to do with enthusiasm sort of lose the enthusiasm that that sort of brought you into the path the thought that said uh, I'm willing to do anything you sort of lose it and it's not your fault entirely <laughs> <laughs> uh, because you promised yourself you were gonna get to Google to have such and such an experience and so forth you haven't had the experience so the inner part of you is sort of saying, come on, you've been dragging me all this time, you've been promising me this and that, I haven't seen anything else, I'm not giving you any more energy. Okay? If you want enthusiasm, you have to create it yourself. <laughs> um, but after some time, if you continue to drag on, even though you sort of lost your enthusiasm, uh, then you sort of create a different objective for the path. There's a different reason why you are on the path. And all that is trying to be on the path. Sort of confusing, because that's what, that's what we're doing to ourselves. We're confusing ourselves. So I'm being the mirror for that. <laughs> okay. Okay. what's the point of all this we sort of lose we sort of lose the sort of lose sight of that what's the point of all this why did i go and marry myself to all these commitments why did i go and started to do all these different strange things that i have to do in secret why do I have to take time and sit down and seem like I'm doing nothing? So these, seems to, these then take on somewhat of a, a reality or a uh, priority or purpose unto themselves. They don't become the means of achieving something. They become the end. They become the goal. Remember, the reason you started to meditate wasn't so that you can meditate. The reason you started to meditate was because meditation promised you something. And that's what you're still going after. You're still going after what meditation is is promising you. It seems like sometimes after you get uh, accustomed to the path, after you sort of make it into a habit of doing this, of doing that, And we tend, we uh, somewhat lose sight of why we, we picked up these habits. And it's almost as if we've made meditation the absolute goal. In a sense of... To sit down, to meditate, is what you ultimately want to end up being. Like... When you finally reach enlightenment, you will have achieved permanent sitting. There's no need for you to go out into the world and drink coffee anymore, no need for you to go out and get breakfast no need to go to the bathroom. <laughs> no need to interact with anyone. You've reached your goal. Now you can sit permanently. It seems that that's that, that that's what we make meditation out to be like. We eventually you want it to be the ultimate result we want to be able to have an altar where every day every second we are putting stuff on it or we are reciting sadhana we are reciting strange words foreign words whenever someone is talking to you you, you know you come out saying <laughs> with some mantra <laughs> it seems to be the end of mantra The goal of saying mantra, to say mantra all the time. The goal of meditating is to sit down and meditate forever. The goal of the path is the path forever, not that it will take you somewhere. Well, a reminder, (laughs) the goal of meditation is not for you to one day be able to sit permanently. Interestingly, The goal of meditating is to one day no longer to need to meditate. So don't set your mind up so that one day you will sit permanently. And, you know, super glue doesn't work. (laughs) When the Buddha sat down at the... Yes, you should enter meditation with the attitude that the Buddha uh, sort of... uh, uh, in, uh, in his life inspired us that is whenever you're about to sit down you sit down with, with that same attitude the, the what is called uh, the adamantine resolve you remember the goals and, and you say I'm sitting because of this and one day you will sit and not get up until the goal is achieved and then you will reach enlightenment the next day. <laughs> okay. But, the Buddha is not still under the Bodhi tree. He got up. His goal wasn't to sit there permanently. His goal was to one day no longer have to sit down. So, the, re- the in resolve is not that I will never get up the result would be, should be may I never need to sit down again. You sit down and you're trying to reach your goal and then you wake up. Ah! I didn't get it yet. Okay, next time. <laughs> okay. And what are you're supposed to be... And every time you sit down, you don't get the ultimate goal. But the ultimate goal, there's not something that happens... Uh, you don't achieve it ultimately... Uh, you don't achieve it all at once in one, in, 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 one, in, one, uh, in one sitting or in one moment. You achieve it gradually. And what are the gradual things that you should be getting... What is it, what is it that you're getting out that comes out gradually 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 until one day you, it's all there you have transformed your being into a being that relates perfectly you don't inter sorry um, it may sound like i uh, I'm talking something which is not wise <laughs> uh... you do not inter your own world, and then the world you know, you knew before, suddenly ceases to exist, and now you're in your own personal world. No. Now you see, and you're able to relate perfectly when you encounter a phenomena. call it a being, call it a a rock or whatever, you know what it is and you relate with it perfectly. That is, when you relate with it, the result of that relationship is beneficial for both. No matter what the object seems to be throwing at you, you're able to relate with whatever is hurled at you. And And you'll be able to relate perfectly with the one who's hurling whatever they're hurling at you, throwing at you. So, in the gradual transformation, you should check how you are relating with others. How are you relating? Is your relating improving? If you look for others to relate with you in a way that doesn't get you on your nerve, then you're not really a Mahayanas. The mahayanist is not looking to escape from the world. If there is such a person, a, a, a hinayanist the hinayanist is looking for their own personal universe. Nobody around to bother them, so then they can never have an uh, uh, an upset day. That's uh, an upset day. Okay, there's nothing around them that they have to relate with. Where where they have to uh, control their minds for, for, not, for not getting angry, for not uh, getting upset. Okay? That's the Hinayanis ideal. If you're a Mahayanist, you want to continue to relate. You want to continue... <laughs> That's a nice one. <laughs> you want to continue to relate with others. So you want... That relating to be perfected. So when you get up from your meditation and you go out into the world, what should be, what, what you should, what you should be checking, as far as is this working or not, is how are you reacting, and not expecting the world to throw roses at you, Not expecting the world to say, oh, look at that, that's a meditator, don't upset him. <laughs> okay. That's a very good person. He sat for two hours. Be nice. <laughs> okay. And in your relating, exactly the passage, but there's a passage somewhere in the sutra somewhere where the Buddha is talking about uh, mm-hmm. ah it's Chujanipuche in the Lamim in the Lam uh, Chenmo in the explanation of the Lamrim where he is uh, talking about how repaying kindness is like one of the greatest spiritual, uh, one of the greatest spiritual practices. Now, you don't have to create in your mind or invent a situation where you have to repay kindness. Think of actual acts of kindness. Uh, And if you consider uh, your life, how you've lived up to now, I'm sure you will, if you really look at it, you will find many instances where y- kindness was already extended towards you. And if you wish to repay this kindness, and and if you truly appreciate this kindness, then you start to you start let it be expressed through your everyday actions. You start to let it be... Uh, be a natural expression of your being, slowly. And you, 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 can, you can never really feel a point where, okay, I've expressed my, uh, uh, my gratitude enough. Now I can stop. Now let me attend to other things. when you truly appreciate an act of kindness and especially when you really understand suffering. Now how, is it, how, are they, how are they connected? Here we are we find ourselves in a world where for the most part the enlightened ones are hidden the ones that we encounter most of the time are the unenlightened ones. And when you understand the nature of, of an unenlightened being, it's, it's a, you get a mixed feeling. Sometimes you want to laugh. Sometimes you want to cry. And sometimes you are bewildered. notice that those who are unenlightened their tendency is to harm in one way or another either slightly either subtly but in one way or another their tendency that tendency in a sense of what they want to do intentionally but when they act uh, the expression that that uh, the, the image that Jason Kappa uh, brings to mind is is that the 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 blind the person who 's blind who is traveling in the dark okay that's that 's what sentient beings are so blinded they are acting and then in their acting they end up harming most of the time so it seems like whenever uh, the beings around us whenever uh, they act they act to harm so when somehow one of them does an action of kindness it's like or it's like an anomaly occurs in samsara and it's like someone has completely turn around this tendency, this monumental weight that is that, that has been pushing them for countless, countless ages toward a, towards the direction of where wh- whoever you encounter, whatever you encounter, whether it is you you or someone else or your surrounding, <coughs> harm it. And yet someone is able to stop this monumental uh, <coughs> force and does an act of kindness instead. Now that is something to be praised forever. And the only true way to repay even that single act of kindness is to repay it in an ultimate way. That's the only way when you can actually feel satisfied. Ah! Now I, can, I feel that I have repaid this kindness when you understand the momentum that drove that act of kindness, the impossible odd for that act of kindness to, ha- to occur. Uh, I sort of mentioned about uh, uh, which was of a, somewhat of a, um, a pleasant discovery for me, how love and wisdom are really the same thing. And it seems more and more how uh, love is, oh yeah, that's natural, oh yeah, I understand that. But compassion is still a mystery to me. So when I see an act of compassion, I am amazed, I'm at, I, I, am, I am awed. and, and it's, it's the same thing as an act of kindness in the sense of there's this momentum for this for, where, where, where it's almost like the, the, the universe is giving all this energy toward one direction and someone somehow finds the strength to reverse it that's how, that's what I, that's how I see compassion yes it's possible. <laughs> well, it's, it's supposed to be possible. You can escape where you don't have to meet anybody anymore, where you own little universe and everything is dandy, fine, forever. And that's open to everyone. And when this is open to everyone, where you no longer have to see the mess ever again, and yet someone decides... Okay, I can be bliss forever, and never have to meet anybody, never have to see. But I want to continue to understand pain. I want to continue to engage it, to see it. Don't you find that to be like, what? Almost an impossible thought to come to come to a person's mind, especially when that mind fully, truly understands pain. When you fully, truly understand pain, the natural reaction, the natural thing you want to do is to be a Hinayanist. You want to run away from it as far away from it as possible to the point where you create your own universe. you You don't want to mess with that kind of universe anymore with other people in it. You just want your own universe and you're in bliss forever where you don't even have to even consider the thought of pain anymore. And yet, there are these beings who are impossible to understand. When this option is perfectly in front of them, they decide, I think I'll continue to relate with these beings who are pain producers, pain experiencers, Pain makers, pain in the butt. <laughs> 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 I had to throw that in too. Some of you asleep. Okay. So maybe one day I'll, I'll have some joyful, understanding of compassion. But right now I'm still in awe. I don't understand it. It's it's mind-boggling, for someone to have, compassion. And that's what the bodhisattvas are supposed to be, the masters of of this thing called compassion. So what is it that the bodhisattvas want to do? Why did they become bodhisattvas? Why are they meditating? Why are they practicing? So that one day they can sit forever? As a matter of fact, a bodhisattva sits anxiously waiting... Uh, um, to get up. Because the purpose of sitting is not to sit. The purpose of sitting is to go and relate. And you want the highest practice? <laughs> well, stop relating. Relating to where Bodhisattvas relate go out, go engage the world don 't don 't try to run away from it that 's the Hinayana that 's the really Hinayanas the goal of the Buddha the goal of the of the Mahayana the goal of the of the the one of who is called the Bodhisattva is to Have a permanent relationship <laughs> with sentient beings, and of course you all understand Hina and Mahayana. i 'm not talking about those guys over there and these guys over here talk about the, in- the intention and the reason i 'm making that statement is because a lot of people who are who who are in the Mah- Mahayana traditions they are Making hinayanist gold without knowing it. I May mean, I become a fully enlightened being with a nice little body, having my own universe, with only bodhisattvas to serve me. And not just any bodhisattvas, but eight-level bodhisattvas. And I don't see anybody else. That's a hinayanist attitude. So when you sit down to meditate, let everything be as just... (laughs) Uh, I'll I'll, I'll quote Nagarjuna. (laughs) How am I quoting? Um, Because I do a bad job at it. one of those two words. <laughs> don't project. When you sit down to meditate, don't try to create anything. We're already good at that. This mess we have, we created it. Okay? And we create all different flavors of this mess. Okay? So s- sit with the intention not to create. but to just be. And I'm gonna steal some words from Nagarjuna again. To rest in, I'm gonna add some of my words, (laughs) mix it up. (laughs) The goal is to rest in the bliss of being ordinary. Was we teaching today, I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> oh <How> was that? <laughs> uh, started off with enthusiasm. Enthusiasm. <laughs> oh, yeah. You lose your enthusiasm, how do you get it back? sit down meditation (laughs) don't sit with intention to create (laughs) try to rest in the bliss of being ordinary (laughs) okay that's all the frustrations come you know trying to create something you already created something it's like you know you have your glasses on your eye and you're looking for them I've had this before, so I throw away these glasses. <laughs> uh, and one last, two, two words. I mean, two words. Is it? No, it's not two words. <laughs> it's two words, but with a bunch of other words around it <laughs> on the middle way, okay? (laughs) It irks me when I hear that we're already enlightened. It irks me when I hear that. Uh, So the middle way is, yes, we are already divine. I would probably have said that already, but I like it. I'll say it again. We're already divine, but not yet enlightened. Being enlightened is to really know that you're divine. That's nice, huh? So, two words enlightenment and divine. (laughs) There's some other words around it. (laughs) You always have to embellish things, right? (laughs) Uh, Okay. I don't know if I said anything, but uh, it's time to end anyway. achieve the four placements. Remember the nine, uh, nine stages of, uh, of meditation? Mm-hmm. And the first four are called placements. Okay. I think for some reason I'm thinking mats. Placements. <laughs> okay. For the, the four placements. Okay. How to achieve them? One word. Really, one word. <laughs> no <laughs> embellishments. <laughs> that one word is relax. So, try to find that level of uh, quietude, that level of tranquility that you experienced uh, during the preliminaries. Have a mind that is okay. Bring the, the the mental function of interested being interested and why you just let the mind go and you're sitting on the sense of ease so that function of the mind called that we are calling being interested is resting on the sense of ease and you're just riding on that sense of ease. And whatever else is happening, let it go. Just continue to relax. And you should encounter something. Okay, we have five minutes. (laughs) So hurry up, relax. Fast. Uh, recall that tranquility as vividly as you can and just that mere recollection will bring you there and have the idea that your thinking is happening inside your heart center you don't have to physically feel your mind inside the little ball inside your heart center just have that thought and take on the meaning of interested and resting in a sense of ease and just watch the show Deliberately be aware of the state of the the level of tranquility and clarity that you're now experiencing. Take a photograph of it, a mental photograph of it. This is the state your mind should be when you encounter the eight worldly phenomena, the eight worldly thoughts, the eight worldly things. That's the state your mind should, you should take out of this meditation. When you are meeting someone, you are know, relating with the world, whether they're being nice to you, whether they're being nasty to you, this should be your natural reaction, what you're experiencing right now. That's the purpose of touching it, becoming familiar with it. this wonderful state of quietude, clarity, this may not be the extreme level of clarity and tranquility you were hoping for, but acknowledge acknowledge the degree, whatever level of clarity that you are now experiencing. and appreciate the fact that it is absent of stress, striving. And let this miracle called compassion grow in your heart for those who are lacking this state. And have the intention that is impossible to explain give this state away to them Tonight, think of specific people, persons, events, and also your ultimate goal. back to your breath, and through the breath become aware of the body again, until you're consciously aware of the whole body from the top of your head to the sole of your feet. Thank you. Huh? Oh, okay. Did you heard that? Yeah. No. <laughs> I heard it <laughs> So when he returns, you will teach one day here again, and the topic will be how to rely on the Lama. That begins with Dana. Okay? I remember. begins with Dana.
1: Dana.
0: Then. Dana.